It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. Welcome aboard. 2023 is picking up steam, or maybe I should say snow, as we chug along through winter. And I'll admit, it's tough this time of year. Most hunting opportunities have wrapped up or are about to, and fishing has slowed down in many places as well, unless, of course, you are a hard water angler dropping your lures or bait under the ice. That's why all those producers put on sportsman shows this time of year, and there are a bunch of them coming up in the next two weeks all over the country, and yes, we will be telling you about them during our show today. Speaking of today's show, we've got three great guests for you. One of them is Josh Warren with WorkSharp. He's been exhibiting at the big shooting, hunting, outdoor trade show, also known as SHOT Show in Las Vegas this past week. We'll ask Josh what's new for 2023 and also what the best sellers were for 2022 when it comes to knife sharpeners. From Las Vegas, it's not too far to the eastern Sierras, and that's why we'll be taking you there to Topaz Lake, a pretty body of water along the California-Nevada state line south of Carson City that offers some very good open water winter fishing for several species of trout. Richard Darnassett is a local angler who spends a lot of time fishing there and knows this lake as well as anyone. He'll be joining us in just a little while to tell you more about Topaz Lake and why you might want to bring a trout rod there to try out the fishing. A really big event going on in the middle of February from the 17th through the 19th is the annual Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic taking place at the Minneapolis Convention Center in Minnesota. This one is put on by Pheasants Forever, and Jared Wicklin, the longtime spokesperson for this great nonprofit, will give you a day-by-day breakdown of what's happening this year and why you, as an upland bird hunter, should really attend. We're going to see if we can get Jared to stick around for another segment, too, because this winter weather, especially across the northern tier of the country and in the Midwest, is really making things tough on pheasant and other upland birds. What can we do to help them out? Some would suggest feeding them to get through the roughest spot of winter. And we'll ask Jared what he thinks about this solution. This portion of the show is brought to you by Henry Repeating Arms. They've been at SHOT Show this past week as well, showing off their latest firearms. And I'll tell you what, Henry has got some real wall hangers when it comes to their Tribute Edition rifles. They make beautiful, engraved 22 caliber lever-action rifles, especially for the person in your life who has served in the military, who is a firefighter, a law enforcement officer, an EMS worker, a trucker, a farmer, an oilman, a railroad worker, a coal miner, rodeo cowboy, and more. Each one is personalized for the field your loved one works or worked in, and I guarantee you, if you buy them one, they will love it, and you for the rest of their lives. Like I said, these rifles are real wall hangers meant to display in your home proudly. Like all of the firearms from Henry Repeating Arms, these Tribute Edition rifles are made in America and come with a lifetime satisfaction guarantee. You can check out the entire line of Tribute Edition rifles at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. And don't forget to ask for your free catalog and decals while you're there. Next on America Outdoors Radio, 
we've got Josh Warren on the line. He's the senior marketing manager for our friends at WorkSharp. He is in Las Vegas, Nevada. He's going to be exhibiting at SHOT Show. But before we talk about SHOT Show, I want to talk about Christmas. Josh, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and New Year. Thank you. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm happy to be here. And thank you. It's, it, was a, it was a wonderful Christmas and a new year with family. And on the, on the business side with WorkSharp, we ended the year really well. It was great. I hope that we ended up under a lot of people's uh, Christmas trees. Well, I know you came out with a lot of new products last year, especially in the culinary kitchen category. What were some of your overall best sellers for 2022 and especially during the holiday season? Yeah, the kitchen line has been great for us. And I think that people have enjoyed new sharpening solutions for their kitchen and being able to leave some of the other sharpeners either you know, in the camper, in the in the shop, on the boat, wherever they're out in the field. But kitchen sharpeners have been good. Our best seller there is called the, well, we have great names. It's just called the Electric Kitchen Knife Sharpener. And it's a $50 price point. Um, and it's just a it's a great no-nonsense tool to sharpen in the kitchen and a, a great all-around gift, pretty easy to set up and get to use. Oh, I agree completely. I agree completely. I've got one and I use it. Let's talk about the overall bestseller of the year. I'm guessing it might not have been the kitchen one. Was it the Ken Onion edition again or something else? Yeah, the Ken Onion has been a, a top and, and probably our top performer for years, but it got beat out this year for the first time with the Precision Adjust Elite which is the the $120 manual sharpening system with the clamp that holds your knife in a fixed position. And then there's a a stone mounted to a a rod that is held at the right angle to sharpen your blade uh, and can be adjusted to sharpen it anywhere from 15 to 30 degrees. Uh, This has really been an amazing success for us. And it's a romantic story that comes from one of our design engineers who during the COVID lockdown periods, you know, was sent home, was designing this from his living room and looking at the products that existed that were similar in the market, but then really becoming uh, nitty gritty and picky about the details and what could be better. And and we emerged and and really he emerged with uh, quite the quite the tool that came out and consumers have absolutely loved it. We were able to deliver it at a price point that was very approachable. And I think that, you know, we're seeing the success of that in sales, but on the consumer side, I'm just happy to see that that people are loving it and it's meeting the needs that people have to sharpen knives. And folks, if you want to see any of these products, you'll find a lot of them in quality sporting goods stores all over the nation, but you'll find them all online at worksharptools.com. That website again is worksharptools.com. Now, again, you are at SHOT Show, the Shooting, Hunting, Outdoor Trade Show in Las Vegas. It is the biggest trade show for this industry in the entire world. And manufacturers all over the world are rolling out new products. I understand you can't share the details, but something pretty exciting coming from WorkSharp this year, isn't there? There sure is. And you're right. You know, we're under a little bit of an embargo, but this spring we've got a very exciting product that I think especially the knife enthusiasts are going to enjoy. And all I'll say is that I feel really great about bringing a product that we can stand behind in every sense of the word that is truly the top quality. Well, we'll definitely be getting you back on the line to talk about that when the time comes. But I do want to mention one more thing, and that is a giveaway that we will be doing at our America Outdoors radio booth at both the Washington Sportsman Show in Puyallup, February 1st through the 5th, and the big Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show at the Expo Center in Portland, Oregon, February 14th through the 18th. If you drop by our booth, you need to take part in the free giveaway we are doing from WorkSharp. Here's how it works. You just come up, and if you're smart, you'll come up with a group. 
because I'll have a number written down between 1 and 100. You guess the number right, you get a pocket knife sharpener from WorkSharp. And if you have friends, we'll play the high-low game. So let's say there's three of you, and one of you guesses 50, and the number we'll say is below that. I'll say, oh, it's lower than that. Next person might guess 25. Oh, it's higher than that. Hopefully that third person will guess right. If you got more people, it's really easy to bracket in. So fun little thing to do while you're at the show. Doesn't cost a thing, and you can check out the pocket knife sharpener from WorkSharp, which is a great little knife sharpener. I carry one with me quite a bit, and you will too. Josh, thanks for sharing all of this with us today. Have a great time in Las Vegas and a very productive SHOT Show. Thank you very much, John. telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in Southeast Alaska for a while now, and there's a reason. They are the only Alaska Lodge we talk about in this show. It's because they're truly Alaska's best lodge. The adventure starts with a float plane ride from Ketchikan, after which you'll get the chance to experience some of the best hospitality, food, and wonderful people you'll ever meet. Wildlife is abundant, from bears and deer to eagles and whales, and let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing. Halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Come explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com. More habitat equals more wildlife. Pheasants Forever is working hard every day to ensure there's more wildlife habitat for the future. Join the habitat leader and help create wildlife habitat in your community. To join us, go to pheasantsforever.org. Looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? Then set the hook because we've got it right here. America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer an affordable platform to reach thousands of listeners interested in fishing, hunting, and the outdoors. Find out more by contacting host John Cruz through his website at AmericanOutdoorsRadio.com. That's AmericanOutdoorsRadio.com. But hurry, if you wait too long, this big opportunity might just get away. That's AmericanOutdoorsRadio.com. 
You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. Our next stop is the California-Nevada state line. Now, when most folks think of a fishing lake in this area, they generally think of Lake Tahoe. But if you go south from there, you're going to find another lake. It's a lake I've never heard of before, but we're going to find out more about. It's called Topaz Lake, and the winter fishing there is very good. One person who knows this more than anybody else is Richard Darnasset. He is a local angler who fishes this lake all the time. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. I got a picture from Visit Carson Valley Tourism along with a press release about Topaz Lake. This looks like an absolutely beautiful place to fish. Exactly where is it from Carson City? How big is the lake, and how do you get there from Carson City? It's approximately 40 miles south of Carson City, and you drive south on 395. 395, US 395, is the main highway on the eastern Sierra of California, and it goes right by the lake. So it's easy to find. Not hidden, not secret, or anything. Is this a really big lake? Do you know the acreage by chance? Don't know the acreage. This is about three and a half miles long, about a mile and a half wide. Okay, so it's definitely a sizable lake. What kind of fish are in Topaz Lake? Topaz is primarily trout. Okay, there's rainbow trout. There is a bow cut, which is a hybrid trout. There is tiger trout, which is another hybrid trout. There's brown trout, and there's cutthroat trout. Oh, my goodness. You've got, like, the Grand Slam also, in there. Also, there is smallmouth bass is a real, really popular fish to fish for here. Well, everyone loves smallmouth bass. Let's talk about access. You know, looking at Google Maps, it looks like there's about three different ways to get at the lake. One at the north, one at the south, and one at the uh, western end. Is that right? Yes. On the north, there's a good access off of the uh, top of the lake. There's a road that goes right by the lake into what's called Douglas County Park. Douglas County Park is by Douglas County in Nevada, where the Nevada part of the lake is located. Okay. You can go in the park, or you can fish, you know, before you get to the park on the north shore, or you can go along 395, go fish the west shore. A lot of that area is trailers and homes like that, so the access is somewhat limited. But you go further south, and you can access the lake roads that go down to the lake from, off of 395, dirt roads. Okay, so we've got Douglas Park on the north end, the Topaz Lake public fishing area on the south end, and then again, access points on the west end along 395. Now, let's talk about how folks are fishing this. I understand that this is a lake that doesn't freeze over very often, so you've got open water fishing in the winter, and I guess we'll start off with how good is the fishing in the winter, and what are most folks catching? Very good. We're usually catching about maybe 15 fish a trip out there. We fish mainly the South Shore, okay? North Shore and South Shore are both good in the wintertime. In the spring and early summer, the South Shore is, the South Shore is where you want to be because the water's coming into the lake there from the Walker River, and it draws all the fish to the south. Now, I primarily fish from the shore. Okay. And I, being more elderly, I just have to do sit fishing with uh, power baits and worms and stuff like that. Uh, lake is very good for trolling, too. They've got two boat ramps, one on the North Shore in the Douglas Park and one where the, where the Topaz Lodge is. Now, I know that every lake seems to have its secret sauce, its favorite lure. When it comes to trolling for trout in the winter, uh, what's the go-to setup? A go-to setup is top lining. Just put something like a Rapala, small Rapala on, or a Castmaster, uh, or some sort of small type of spoon, and troll just maybe about 150 foot behind the boat. 
Really? And so around. are you using any flashers in front of that or anything, or are you just... You can, but people do. They use flashers and a worm. Right. Okay, that's a real popular rig. Me, I always use lures when I do that. I use a small Rapala with orange on it. Oh, that's I was going to ask about the hot color. So kind of a, a black-orange chrome? Yeah, black-orange chrome or what they call hot steel is a popular color. And what about the Acme uh, Castmaster, which is always a great mountain lure? I use straight gold, one quarter ounce gold. At this time of year, is it mainly rainbow trout, or are you getting all these different species of trout to bite? You can't get the other species, but majority of the fish in here are rainbow trout. The lake is stocked by Nevada. It is not stocked by California, even though California owns half the lake, supposedly. Gotcha. And what's the average size of the rainbow trout you're catching this time of year? Uh, 16 inches. Oh, that's nice. Those are... Those are really nice rainbow trout. Definitely worth the trip. The one thing about topaz, the, the rainbow trout here are probably the best eating rainbow trout in the Sierras. I was going to ask about that. Why is that? Because the lake is uh, the major feed for these trout in this lake are mice and shrimp. Yes. Which are little small shrimp, and they give the fish, the, the fish color is red. And most of these fish you're catching are fish that are held over for a year or more. Right. Oh, those would be tasty fish. especially red on these uh, mice and shrimp. A question for you. When you say mice and shrimp, I always think of kokanee. Do you have kokanee in the lake too? No. Well, maybe in the future they'll plant some of those. But in the meantime, sounds like a great fishing opportunity, whether you're fishing from shore or from the boat. How does the, the, the lake change in terms of fishing come spring? What are you going to be doing different in the spring that you're not doing now? Well, there's two things. In spring, you want to go south, as I said earlier, because the Walker River feeds the back end of the lake in the south. And during the, when the uh, spring runoff starts, there's a lot of water pumping out back of that lake. And those fish are just attracted up there. And on wet years, you can get fish there at the south end of the lake and actually go up where the river comes in and catch fish up into August. Oh my water God. that's like... 50 degrees when, when the lake is actually at 70 degrees. So they're attracted there. So that main thing in the spring and early summer is go south. Two more questions for you. Number one, what is the limit on trout there at Topaz Lake? It's a standard limit of five trout per day, 10 in possession. All right. If a, people want to come to Topaz Lake, they're looking for a place to stay, maybe with an RV or maybe a, a hotel. Are there locations there? There is a big casino there at uh, Topaz, Topaz Lake Lodge. Casino with motel rooms, hotel rooms, very good restaurant. It's right on the lake. You can sit here and enjoy your breakfast and look out the lake. On the North Shore, there is a Douglas County Park. They have a trailer hookups and everything like that, and places to camp with tents if you want to. A lot of people rough it on the shore. On the south end of the lake, you can pull your RV up there and stay. The lake is owned by the uh, Walker River Irrigation District, not the state of California or the state of Nevada. Ah. So they're pretty good on them not bothering you. All right. Well, it sounds like Topaz Lake is definitely a hidden gem flooring, whether you want to... It is. I've always considered Topaz to be tremendously underfished. Really? There's not many people fishing that lake. You know, a lot of times in midsummer... You go down there midsummer between Memorial Day and Labor Day. There's a lot of uh, watercraft. Sure. I mean, jet skis, skiers, water skiers, and all this place. So, you know, sometimes that bothers you. It doesn't bother me fishing from the shore. I don't, they don't really bother me that much. 
Well, we are out of time, Richard, but I'll tell you what, thank you for sharing the insider's view of Topaz Lake. Again, it's in the Sierra Nevadas, right along the border of California and Nevada, south of Carson City, about 40 minutes. And whether you want to take the RV down there or whether you want to stay in that casino lodge or somewhere else, great options for you. You can also find out more about the area by going to visitcarsonvalley.org. That's visitcarsonvalley.org. Plan your winter or spring fishing at Topaz Lake today. Looks like it'll be a real fun opportunity. Richard, thanks for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. You're welcome, sir. Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. Looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? Then set the hook because we've got it right here. America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer an affordable platform to reach thousands of listeners interested in fishing, hunting, and the outdoors. Find out more by contacting host John Cruz through his website at AmericanOutdoorsRadio.com. That's AmericanOutdoorsRadio.com. But hurry, if you wait too long, this big opportunity might just get away. That's AmericanOutdoorsRadio.com. Welcome back to America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got Jared Wicklin on the line. He is with Pheasants Forever, and we need to talk about the 2023 Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. It's going to be going off February 16th through the 19th at the Convention Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it is a big deal. Jared, welcome back to the show. Hey, John. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So I thought we'd kind of break down what's happening at Pheasant Fest and the Quail Classic day by day. And we'll start off with the 16th, which is set aside for a pre-event excursion. What are we talking about here? Yeah, you know, February 16th, there's a couple different things going on. The show itself actually starts on the 17th through the 19th. But we're trying to bring people in that are coming from out of town and sort of give them the Minnesota flavor, if you will. So one of the things that we're doing is a Pheasants Forever ice fishing experience. It's on Lake Minnetonka, a very well-known lake here in the metro region of the Twin Cities. And it's a pretty nominal fee to, to take people out with a guide and try your hand at ice fishing if you've never done it before or if you'd like to do it in a different locale. We've got that available for people coming to National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. Well, I saw the price is only $125, which is dirt cheap for a guided trip. That's for darn sure. Tell me about Lake yep. Minnetonka. What kind of uh, fish are you going after, perch or pike or what? A little bit of everything. You know, Lake Minnetonka has got wonderful crappies. They've also got plenty of pike. Walleye, believe it or not, um, are actually chased pretty regularly on the lake. So I think they're going to be, uh, depending on weather conditions and how things kind of time out, I think they're going to be looking for sort of a multi-species. The guides that are bringing them out are, are pretty well known, and I think it's just going to be a, a fun half day on the lake for anybody that's coming out to join us for this event. 
Sounds like a, another great reason to go to Pheasant Fest and get there a day early. So let's talk about the 17th. Now, uh, the show doesn't kick off till noon, but in the morning there's a free seminar, the Landowner Workshop. You have to register in advance, but what's going to happen here? Yeah, the Landowner Workshop starts at 9 o'clock, and it's basically connecting landowners with their land and learn a little bit more about, like, if you want to produce pheasants, you want to produce deer, maybe you're focused on pollinators. Our staff, our professional wildlife biologists, take you through an array of options that landowners have available. So they're going to look at soil types. They're going to look at habitat. They're going to look at land rent, government programs, non-government programs. All those topics are going to be covered during the event. Lunch is included. It's, it is free. Uh, it starts at 9 a.m. on Friday, February 17th. And there's going to be some familiar faces there. One of them, I think that you know, John, is Eric Johansson, who runs yes. uh, Johansson Farms Outfitters from South Dakota. And he's going to be talking about a little bit about how his family farms for wildlife on his specific property. So if you're looking for a lot of good nuggets, especially if you want to farm for pheasants on your property, there's no better individual that's set up for that than Mr. Johansson. So uh, there's going to be a lot of interesting people there, and they're going to answer every question from A to Z that you have about how do I get more wildlife on my property. Well, I'll tell you what, that visit at Johansson Farms that we had was the biggest eye-opener for me ever. I mean, it really, you know, Eric really demonstrated how you can have sustainable farming practice and at the same time make it wildlife friendly, especially for pheasant and, and other wildlife too. I saw quite a few white-tailed deer out there when we were on that hunt. Yep. So, at any rate, yep. that, that is fantastic. All right, well, let's get to the Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic itself. It starts off at noon. It runs through Sunday. Is this primarily a, just a good old-fashioned sportsman show? You know, I think it's, I like to call Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic sort of a hybrid. So it's a sports show, it's a trade show, and then we've got a very large seminar series thrown in the mix. So, you know, for people that have never been there before, I, I like to call it sort of the the Super Bowl, if you will, for the uplands. You know, whether you want to learn about bird dogs, training, you know, hunting for pheasants, hunting in other states. If you're new to hunting and want to get into it, you know, visit our path to the upland stage and you can learn how to become an upland hunter and, and find mentors in your area that, that you can connect with. Habitat Help Desk, kind of similar to the, the landowner workshop we just talked about. It's open throughout the weekend at the show and you can come in and meet with a biologist and pull your property right up on uh, on Google Maps right in front of you or Google Earth and learn about all that. The Youth Village, connecting kids with a variety of you know hands-on activities and learning stations. They're just a little bit of everything. And one of the new things this year is the Grouse Trail. We found that we have a lot of partnerships throughout throughout North America. And one of them is a North American grouse partnership that we work with to restore habitat, not just for pheasants and quail, but for sharp-tailed grouse, for sage grouse. I think there's a little bit on Hungarian parches there as well, lesser prairie chickens. And those are birds that people, I think, are, are starting to find that you can, you can begin your season a lot earlier right. um, by, by focusing on some of those different species. So there's lots of cool things to see and do. And the seminar series really are sort of the, the highlight for most people. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, these sound fantastic. The whole show sounds fantastic. Makes me want to buy a plane ticket to Minneapolis. And maybe <laughs> we'll some of you listening in, will do we'll the same. In. You know, one of the seminars, yeah. I, if you know anything about this one, I got an email 
on this, and it's taking place during Pheasant Fest. It's all about bird dog trauma and treatment. It sounded really interesting to me because I've been out there with my Springer Spaniel when she got injured, and I didn't have the right materials to fix her up. And, and why don't yep. you tell our listeners a little bit more about this? Yeah, you know, the bird dog trauma training is an idea that came from David Gutierrez. David is our regional rep. He lives in the southwest, sort of in the Arizona, New Mexico region, works in California a little bit as well. He's a former Green Beret and had sort of a straight line to the U.S. Army's Canine Tactical Combat Casualty Care Board. And those folks know what they're doing. I mean, they, they train for dogs that are going into combat. So this really is a cool deal. We've got... Three classes, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They run 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. And it's a $500 price tag, but for that, you get, you know, the full seven-hour class. You also get a Pheasants Forever Quill Forever Dog Life membership to to honor a bird dog of your choosing. And you also get a ready-to-go bird dog field trauma kit along with all the knowledge that you're going to need. When you run into problems in the field, it could be your, your dog just, you know, landed on a stick or ran into a fence or, you know, any of those different things. Maybe had, you know, some type of seizure in the field. Whatever it might be, we've got uh, we've got some experts on hand to teach people about life-saving field care for bird dogs. It's a pretty cool event. I'll tell you what, you know, $500 seems like a steep price tag, but folks, any of you who have owned a bird dog know that dogs are expensive, and this is an investment that you're going to walk away with, again, this trauma kit, all this knowledge, and it's going to apply to any bird dog you have in your life for the rest of your life. So don't sneeze yep. at this opportunity. This could be a very good one. You do need to register in advance, and you do so at the Pheasants Forever website. What else is happening at Pheasant Fest? You know, there's a number of different things. We've got our film festival. That's on Thursday night as well. Just another opportunity for people if you're coming in early. A film festival brings together just big time, you know, upland enthusiasts. And we're going to watch five short films, uh, New Mexico Quail, Midwest Pheasants, Alaskan Ptarmigan, Swedish Capricale. If you don't know what those are, pretty pretty cool bird, about half the size of a turkey, upland bird found over in uh, found over in Europe, and then migrating woodcock. So those are short films that you can watch and and hang out with uh, a bunch of people that you probably see on social media. Just fun fun time. We've got uh, our banquets on Friday and Saturday night. Right now, those are sold out at fifteen hundred people each night. And there is a waiting list. If you want to get on one, you can go to pheasantfest.org and sign up on the waiting list to get in. We might have some of those open up. We'll know more here probably in the next week or two. And, you know, just from A to Z, you know, if you're a female that's coming in, you want to learn more about connecting with like-minded females in the Upland world. We've got our Women, Wine, and Wild Game event on Sunday as part of the show. Like I said, the Habitat Help Desk. We've got a bird dog parade that kicks it off on Friday at 11 a.m. And uh, that's, you know, 100 dogs representing over 40 different sporting breeds. It's a fun way to start the show. And we're just really excited to, to be back in Minneapolis, kind of on our home turf. And I think it's going to be one heck of a show. Well, there you go. It's Pheasant Fest. It's taking place February 17th through the 19th at the Convention Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. As you heard, all sorts of reasons to attend. If you want to do so, go to pheasantsforever.org. Look for the page where the festival is mentioned and register today. Jared, thanks for sharing this with us on America Outdoors Radio. Thanks, John.
Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. huntofalifetime.org. We've been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in Southeast Alaska for a while now. They're truly Alaska's best lodge. Wildlife is abundant from bears and deer to eagles and whales. And let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing, halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting and stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. In today's news, I'm cooking a brisket. Let's go to Jill at my house to see how it's going. This is your house and you brought me and the crew to check on your brisket? That's correct, Jill. How's it looking? This is a Camp Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi. You know you, you can check your cook right from your phone, right? I didn't know that was an option, Jill. Well, never mind. But before you leave, can you feed the dog? What? No, no. When we get back, why is my check engine light on? The answer may shock me. Guess who's back? It's Jared Wicklin with Pheasants Forever. We are glad to have you back, Jared, because I've got questions for you, sir. Yes, sir. So it's been a rough winter. It certainly has in much of the Midwest. It also has where I live in eastern Washington. We got a whole bunch of snow dumped on us early, and it's still only mid-January. This has got to be affecting our upland bird populations, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I think we're going to learn more as we go through the winter here, but you're absolutely right. I think it's worrisome to some degree. You know, when you talk to farmers and ranchers out there on the landscape and they're sending you pictures of a four-day, you know, blizzard in a row with extremely cold temperatures and a lot of snow, that's not a very good recipe for upland birds. And that's sort of what we're experiencing here, especially in the upper Midwest, kind of upper Great Plains. When you look at the stronghold of pheasants right now in the United States, Minnesota, Iowa, parts of Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, and Montana are all sitting pretty good. We've had three years of a pretty decent weather, winter and spring, and populations have boomed to some degree. But just before Christmas this year, we experienced large amounts of heavy wet snow along with, you know, sleet and ice and those types of things, followed by extremely cold temperatures, sub-zero for a couple days, plus 40-mile-an-hour winds and blizzard-like conditions. That really sacks pheasant habitat, and with that, you know, Pheasants Forever, we've been getting a lot of questions from members and landowners in general about like, you know, what can we do right now? Should we go out and feed and those types of things? So those are those are tough questions that uh, we have to answer for people, but we're uh, trying to remain hopeful. Pheasants are tough birds and we'll kind of see how they come out of the, the winter weather here. We got more snow on the way here this week. 
let me ask you a question about feeding the birds. You know, if it's quail with bird seed, if it's pheasant with corn, should we be doing this or not? There's not really a scenario where Pheasants Forever Quill Forever recommends supplemental feeding during the winter. And there's multiple reasons for it. So first of all, there's a lot of native sources out there that birds can pull from, you know, like native seeds of some sort. You know, I got a crab apple tree at my house. I see birds choking those down pretty much every morning here. There's a lot of different ways, just weed seeds in general. There's a lot of different ways that birds can fill the crop uh, without going into the field. Because when we do supplemental feeding, there's a couple different problems that comes from it. Number one, feeding can pull pheasants out of quality thermal cover, depleting energy reserves really fast as compared to, you know, just walking around where they're at and trying to find some food. And it, it really adds to freezing mortality. If you're pulling those birds out, especially during inclement weather, it causes some, some pretty significant problems. I would say the most well-intentioned people, we all want to save the birds, we all want to save wildlife, but you have to go about doing them the right way, and that's habitat. And I'll get to that in a second. But feeding also provides a focal point for predators to focus on which isn't good. You know, pheasants count their winter weather and the amount of time they spend on a white background. And the more you're, you know, pulling them out of cover, quality cover, it puts them at risk for predation, which is number two. And then from a disease perspective, you've maybe talked about it on your show this year, John, but the threat of, you know, avian flu that you've seen in waterfowl and kind of other species of them, birds, especially domesticated fowl that we're seeing here in the United States. And that's why, or all over the world, rather, and that's why our prices, you know, for chicken and turkey and those types of things are going through the roof. It's not the threat of avian flu and the threat of disease in general when you're feeding in like a bait pile per se is extremely high. And then to add to that, in areas where you have like chronic wasting disease in deer, in a lot of areas, Minnesota included, it's actually illegal to do. So from that standpoint alone, we don't recommend it. And, you know, if feeding is a major concern, a pile of cracked corn is not going to save the pheasants. It's a habitat issue at that point or lack thereof has been identified. And uh, more than anything, feeding is just reactionary to winter. So we need to plan for the worst and hope for the best. And that's designing quality winter habitat and food and cover plots, you know, with the help of Pheasants Forever uh, and our partners. I'll tell you what, that was the best argument against feeding pheasants I have ever heard in my life. So thank you for breaking <laughs> that down for our listeners. And you know, as you said it, I was thinking back to just our backyard feeders where we feed quail and other birds. It's like, oh yeah, you know, we're always worried about diseases. And oh yeah, we're, you know, the the, the hawks know exactly where to go and, and knock off those yep. birds, not to mention the cats. And, of course, in the field, we're talking the coyotes. So, yeah, great reasons. And I hadn't even I think, thought thought about the thermal issues in terms of taking the, the birds out of where they're, you know, they're warm and putting them in yep. places where they're not. It compounds itself as you go further north into the pheasant range, and especially even in the quail range, too, in places like, you know, Iowa in some places had really good quail populations this year, and they're a little bird that, you know, if you're pulling them out of cover, especially during really cold weather and really snowy, icy weather, they don't handle that very well. And, you know, unfortunately, and I hate to say this, but... The harsh reality is that upland birds in general, pheasants, quail, some of the other, you know, native birds that we like to chase, they have a very high turnover rate. Right. And that's that's just the way they are. Everything's trying to eat them. You know, 80% if we're looking at just pheasants, you know, sort of a non-native species that have become kind of an icon here of the United States and for bird hunters, they uh high turnover rates and, you know, 80% of the roosters that you shoot in the fall were born that spring. So 
They just have very high turnover rates and that's how they're designed. And like I said earlier, the most well-intentioned people, we all want to see them survive. And, you know, it's, uh, it's tempting to put out a you know, pile of corn or what have you, but it has consequences. It has really big consequences. And at the end of the day, we need to provide quality habitat for them. That's, a, that's the best thing we can do to improve their situation each year with long-term habitat planning. Again, great information, great argument against feeding upland birds, but you can help them through improved habitat. Uh, step one is to join the organization that's all about providing more habitat for upland birds. That would be Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. And you can also get involved from there with local chapters and a whole lot more. The website to go to, pheasantsforever.org. That's pheasantsforever.org. Thanks so much for this, Jared. Thank you. Have a great winter. This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at WorkSharp. And as you heard, their culinary line of knife sharpeners for your kitchen, they've become very popular and they've really expanded their line. One we didn't talk about was the pull-through knife sharpener. Now, this is a fast, easy, and effective way to really sharpen your kitchen knives in a hurry. It's got diamond wheels that quickly sharpen the edge. Ceramic wheels hone the edge back to a factory level of sharpness, and there's an additional diamond plate that restores a sharp edge to your scissors, too. It's got a comfortable rubber grip and base to provide a safe and comfortable sharpening experience, and it's a very compact design that fits easily in your kitchen drawer or with your camping supplies or in the RV or with your barbecue kit. This is a manual sharpener, and it doesn't cost a lot either, only $29.95. Check it out at WorkSharpTools.com or look for it at Sporting Goods stores and other quality stores all over America. The website again, WorkSharpTools.com for the pull-through knife sharpener and all sorts of other knife sharpeners for your kitchen. Before we go, let's run through some of the sportsman shows and similar events coming up in the next week or two. That includes the Quartzville Sports Vacation RV Show that starts today and runs through the 29th in Quartzville, Arizona. You've got the Cincinnati Boat Sport and Travel Show that'll be taking place the 25th through the 29th. And then there's the Chicagoland Fishing, Travel, and Outdoor Expo. That one's the 26th through the 29th in Schaumburg, Illinois. Then there's the Eastern Tennessee Fishing Show and Expo, the 26th through the 29th in Knoxville. And then you've got the All Canada Show also going off the 26th through the 29th, but it's not in Canada. It's actually in Green Bay, Wisconsin. The Fly Fishing Show is always a good one in Edison, New Jersey. That one's the 27th through the 29th, as is the Great New York Sportsman's Expo. Same dates in Solvay, New York. In the Pacific Northwest, the Tri-City Sportsman Show will once again be happening at the Hapo Center in Pasco, Washington, the 27th through the 29th. That's one I'm hoping to visit for a day because it's always a fun little show. Heading east, the New England Fishing Show will also be going on the 27th through the 29th at the Boxborough Regency Hotel and Conference Center in Boxborough, Massachusetts. Then there's the Washington Sportsman Show. That one is February 1st through the 5th. At the State Fairgrounds in Puyallup, this one draws a lot of folks from the greater Seattle-Tacoma area. And I'll be exhibiting there, and I hope you'll drop by our America Outdoors radio booth because we are doing some giveaways courtesy of our sponsors, WorkSharp and Cenasee Seafood. Last but not least, there's the Great America Outdoor Show, Saturday, February 4th through Sunday, February 12th. 
This is the biggest show in the nation, put on by the National Rifle Association, taking place once again at the Pennsylvania Farm Show Complex and Expo Center in Harrisburg, PA. Oh, and I should also mention the second biggest show in the nation. That would be the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show in Portland, Oregon at the Expo Center. That one's February 14th through the 18th. We'll be exhibiting at that one, too. Show season, it's always a lot of fun, and I hope you'll attend one near you. On that note, we have got to go, but here's hoping you are blessed and healthy in the days ahead, and here's hoping you get to spend a little time with Mother Nature, too, because it is, after all, your country and your outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. (laughs) 